What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Blowing the Doors Off, episode 12. Uh, I'm Brett Morris, your host, here with uh, my brother Andrew Sherwin again. What's going on, dude? Always late to the party here in Southside Atlanta. I just saw the end of the cup race. Uh, that's funny. Uh, good timing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a great timing. Uh, yeah. What was your uh, thoughts on the, on the racing this weekend? Uh, probably... I'm not sure. I don't think I'm like pitchfork mad. I'm certainly not pitchfork excited. Um, and just the same way that we can't, well, you said we were going to talk about TV later, right? Yep. Your numbers. Okay. Well, I'll suspend what I just said till then, but, um, yeah, I don't know if I, I just hate that we had to do this at Bristol. Could, could we not find something different than Bristol? Yeah. For sure. I, I'm with you 100%. We'll, we'll definitely get into that conversation uh, here in a little bit when we start talking about the actual race itself. But um, yeah, I, I, I'm kind of like you. I'm If you're going to do it, take it someplace else. Uh, you know, it was neat. there was good parts of it. There was some good racing in there. Uh, the trucks definitely stole the show, in my opinion, for the weekend. Truck race was a great race. Um, I think if you're wanting to do this, there needs to be another avenue that you go about doing this. So we'll digress for the moment. We'll come back to that that thought process. Um, let's let's hit on some news uh, prior to talking about Bristol and and Dega this week. Uh, Larry Mack, crew chiefing for Jeffrey Earnhardt at Dega for RCR. I think that is badass. <laughs> That is really fun news. I had not seen that come across the waiver wire. Yep. Uh, as the NFLers would say, um, or baseball junkies now, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, that's really cool. I, yeah, I don't know what to sequence of events, uh, you know, what square went in what round, uh, hole, but, uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. That'll be, that'll be interesting. Yeah. You know, cause Jeffrey's hopping back in the, in, in the number three and at Daggett, I feel like this just has nostalgia written all over it. Yeah. I wonder, is this part to do with that? Um, well, obviously the racing side of it wouldn't have anything to do with the network. They just have to allow it, which I'm sure they probably don't care, but I wonder, you know, what crew chief fill in like the, the crew chief color guy, so to speak, what, what, person's going to do that on the saturday race now i wonder i don't know i don't know who's going to fill his shoes they have kind of you know a mixed bag over there you know with um uh, caitlin vincey and um mcmurray and uh todd bodine i don't know maybe he'll fill in those shoes this week but uh they usually have a pretty good race day crew for the truck race i feel like yeah i wonder if they haven't already and like asked chad canals to do that because that's kind of he's been doing some of that um obviously he can do any any of the crew chief stuff anything from changing the tire all the way to being the crew chief so he's a good guy to have in the booth from that perspective people always kind of yin yang and whatever about their relationship with this that or the other team and and why that makes the broadcast bias but when you think about it that actually doesn't make any sense because the television itself is selling commercials not based on what's happening during the broadcast, but what's not happening during the broadcast. Yeah. And I, and I don't even know why I said, why I just said truck race race day on, you know, FS one. It's not a truck race. It's Xfinity race. Uh, 
So I'm sure they're going to have right. uh, cup drivers. I'm sure somebody's going to be in that booth. I don't don't think I remember them hearing or hearing them say a name. Um, Adam Alexander is usually the kind of the the main guy up in the booth for that. But uh, definitely be exciting, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I'm going to be gone for the weekend. But I'm DVR and everything, and going to catch as much as a much as I can, definitely before we hop back on this mic next week, but, um, I'm ready for some, for some Dega racing. Yeah. I don't think we'll be able to pull it off, but, uh, I tried to sneak something in the back of Kristen's mind about Talladega being this weekend and that being like less than two hours away from us. I'm like day trip. What do you think? That's, you know, <laughs> I'm just trying to ease into it. I'm trying to ease into it. Cause we're like, you know, it's very much last second deal, right? If you're going to take the one and you don't take the other two, then you got an issue there. And you know, it's like, okay, well maybe, maybe not, maybe not this time. <laughs> you, you, you have the same mindset I do when it comes to something like that. I'm already working on another one with, uh, <laughs> with the wife. Uh, I, I, I planted that seed earlier today. Actually, I'm trying to get her to have like a summer, vacation with the family me her and and bub uh thinking about trying to get her to go to the coke 600 in charlotte oh <laughs> I've i was that you know CD. i was poking around the schedule a little bit trying to find okay where is is there a place that makes sense for me to meet brett somewhere just to say hey we at least saw each other in person in 2022 <laughs> right. um you know I don't know. It lends some degree of credibility to what we're doing here on this show. Maybe, right. maybe not. I don't know. I think, uh, I think we're doing a pretty good job here. I've had, um, you know, I go back and listen to him. I know that sounds weird to go back and listen to yourself talk, but I find our conversations good. I don't know exactly how the, everything else is working out as far as people listening to this. So if, if, if you're listening to this right now, give us a, a review on the, on the, uh, you know, on the Apple or Spotify or whatever, give us a review. Tell us how you think we're doing. Uh, you know, tell us if we're doing bad, I guess. But uh, I'd, I'd love to hear some feedback for some people and, you know, hit us up on social media and all that good business. But uh, yeah, going to a race together definitely would be a fun thing. You know, we would get maybe get some stickers made up beforehand and toss them things out at a tweet up or something. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, on that note, if you are an Apple user and you're an avid podcast list, listener, you're very familiar with how all that works. To your buddies who may or may not have any kind of interest in racing, male, female, doesn't matter, kids, adults, whatever, eh, a little bad word to sneak in every now and again, but yeah. um, just go to their phone and enter blowing the doors off and then just tell it to like ours and, uh, and then they'll have it. Then, then they'll, maybe they'll give it a listen. It's, it's a great way to use y'all as a marketing tool. Yeah, definitely. We well, you know, like, you know, I don't, you know, there's a lot, a lot of NASCAR fans that do listen to podcasts. Obviously there's major uh, shows that go on weekly that um, are very, very popular. You know, there's, there's smaller shows like ours and other people that are doing kind of the same thing we're doing. And but I, I feel like there's also like that group of NASCAR fans that have no idea what a podcast even is. <laughs> yeah, well, I uh, just think it as your favorite uh, sports talk radio program, and it's where you want it, whenever you want it, exactly how you want it, for as long as you want it, or as short as you want it, or as fast or as slow as you want it. All those things are on demand with podcasts. That's what 
the beauty of internet radio is. It's a, it's a data file, essentially. You can do it however you want to do it. Um, it's, it's, it's super simple. Once you get in, once you've broken into the bubble of listening to podcasts, you'll go, yeah, I heard that song on the radio like once every 25 minutes for the last three hours. I think I want to listen to somebody that I like talk about something that I also like. Right. Yeah, for sure. And and I tried to market ourselves a little bit at Martinsville, the guy sitting next to me uh, that I had several conversations with. I'm like, you listen to the podcast, man? He's like, yeah, I listen to the Dale Jr. and uh, Door Bumper Clear. I'm like, well, here, check this out. I pulled it up on my phone. I said, here, like that. He went on Spotify, hit the like button. I'm like, appreciate it, dude. You know, it's just cool connecting with people and, and stuff like that. And we're, we're going to get people on here with us uh, eventually. We're kind of just, you know, running the course now, having fun, doing what it is that we like to do. And that's talk about NASCAR. We'll, we'll get the guests in eventually. That's going to be something that we do. Uh, but for right now, we're just going to have fun talking, talking racing. Yeah. And I think it, it's important for us to do this, to find our voice together, uh, for sure. Our voice to our audience, what our audience is. Now, obviously I've got a ton of connections from having done this previously. I could roll all that stuff out and then you just, you would just be us. It would be us having a guest on that's just saying what he or she already said, maybe two or three times that week already. And in order for us to build the interview rapport that we need between the two of us, we've got to do this alone for a while and then we'll bring a guest in and then we can structure the interview exactly how we want it to go. Even with just a few lines, you say, we're going to hit these topics and you know, yeah. you can leave this alone or you can grab this, whatever. This is ad lib space, however you want to do it. And, and so we'll do that eventually. But we got we've got to establish where we're at in this space, and then we can progress with For having sure. it'll guests. be our show with somebody else in here talking NASCAR with us. Yeah, that's that's awesome. right. Talking to chicanery I, around the campfire. Oh, absolutely. Uh, so let's uh, let's get back on uh, schedule a little bit with some of these uh, news topics. You know, I mentioned the Larry Mack to the crew chief, but also which was huge news coming out of the cup race, Dale jr. To be in the Fox booth for the cup race Sunday. How huge is this? How do you, how, how do you think they even pulled this off for one? Well, uh, we could probably sit here and prognosticate or whatever, or look backward Nostradamus, this thing to death, <laughs> or you could just listen to what Dale jr. Actually said was, yeah, Fox told me uh, to do this, or or actually NBC told Dale, said, you know, w- we were thinking about doing this because we think it'll help transition. And would you be willing to go get in the booth with the Fox guys? And Dale's like, hell yeah. <laughs> so this was NBC's idea. Again, they leave from behind in a respect of when their schedule starts. They're not behind in terms of the content they provide. They're always one step ahead of Fox. And I, I think... Once Fox figures out how to collaborate better with NBC, because NBC's just been pulling from them uh, to create their own brand of NASCAR coverage. And and now it's like you almost can't wait till that part of the season because it is a different brand. It looks a little different. I personally like it better, not necessarily because of the people that are in the booth. I just like the way NBC does it a little bit better than I like the way Fox does it. And they, they can both learn from each other. And that way, there maybe there isn't any of this huge transition that happens. 
by sharing booze, that's one way you could smooth out that transition. When does that transition take place? When does that go to NBC? I think the 600 is the first race on NBC. Does that make sense? Hmm. I don't know. I have to look that up. I but thought if, if it was 13 mis- and then it was 10 or something. I can't. Man, I don't know. Yeah, wow. That's don't some, know. We're going to fix it and talk about TV ratings. That I don't even know. That's bad. <laughs> what about, uh? you know, isn't there a, another network? Is is USA Network a part of NBC? Yes. So that makes a little more sense. Um, there's going to be races, I believe, on USA this year. Yeah, they uh, they used it as overflow last year. Uh, then they saw what could happen with the Olympics. You know, when they needed all that extra space for Olympic content, right? As they're ramping up for NASCAR, and it's like, whoa. We kind of we did this to ourselves here, and I don't know if their streaming platform was good or not. I don't know. I think I was already using YouTube TV by then. Um, so, yeah. I, yeah. It looks I, like um, NBC's <laughs> first race is Nashville uh, Super Speedway Sunday, July, or June 26th. The last race for Fox would be Sonoma Raceway. That's right. Junior actually said it on his podcast because he had, they had talked about before, like, okay, if we're going to do this, then like Sonoma probably makes a lot of sense. And they're like, yeah, but what about Talladega? Cause you know, Earnhardt Talladega and he's like, ah, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's awesome. I can't wait to uh, see how he meshes with like, uh, with a Clint Boyer. I, I think, I think it probably going to be pretty good to listen to. That's why one of the reasons why I'm going to DVR this while I'm gone this weekend uh, to see that rapport, I think it'd be very cool. I think. I think it'll be fun. Um, I think it'll be an interesting uh, scenario where you actually have to have Dale Jr. be the calming voice to Clint Boyer, because <laughs> normally Jr.'s the high energy guy in the booth with NBC. Yeah, slide job. <laughs> yeah, slide job. <laughs> um, Wendy's to sponsor Noah Gregson uh, for for the beard motorsports entry uh, at Talladega. I think this is very big for that company for one. And then to have another major brand uh, step behind Noah, I think is a very good thing. Yeah. I mean, it, it shows that his, uh, his, his brand record, uh, <laughs> golly, I can't even talk. His brand <laughs> recognition is very strong right now. And uh, at no finer evidence than announcing a new full-time uh, you know, uh, a full boat sponsor on a car that's not even running full time. Right. So right. that's, that's pretty good. That's, that's not bad. Yeah. He has very good rapport with, you know, Johnny Morris and, and Bass Pro Shop and uh, the rifle co- uh, coffee company and all that stuff. I think he's got uh, some very good backers for, for being in, in the position that he's in. Uh, <laughs> North Wilsboro coming alive some some late model racing some dirt racing uh that's badass man i i I would if i lived closer to 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 the area i would go check that out i think that's going to be probably a a sellout event and anything that you put on that track you want to hope so you want to think so you want to know so after you already have the proof so um i'm gonna you know uh from Dale Jr. Download, I'm or was it Dorval McClure? I don't know. Mike said, 
it's put up or shut up time. You know, yeah. you said you wanted it. Here's all of it you can handle. The only day we're not racing in August is on Sundays. And the only day in October we're not racing is on Sundays. Full month asphalt, full month of dirt. They're going to tear the dirt back out, put a brand new asphalt surface on is the way I understand it. And it will continue to be an asphalt surface going forward as a multi-event facility. Yeah, they talked about well, holding like summer concert series type of thing there. Uh, all the way to, you know, whatever the local or mini or regional version of things like Lollapalooza, things like that. Yeah, some music festivals. That sounds pretty cool. Oh, oh, You know, do you think that one day we get another cup race there or you think them days are long gone? I think they've all but said it already that that's never going to happen again. It is their goal, I believe, to put trucks there by the end of like to have them on the schedule for 2024 maybe that's something cool. like something like that but ne never nothing beyond they're never they said for cup no way uh maybe xfinity we're definitely going to try for trucks it, it's going to be how people respond they're going to have to respond that's the thing none of those events are going to be on television so the gate's going to tell all uh and you know Business will show at the end, they'll show what happened without even having to say it because they'll make a decision. Are we doing this again or are we not? Yeah. I wish they would. Cause if they, if they bring it back and even if it's just a truck race, I'd love to go check it out. Uh, obviously never got to be really in that era of North Willsboro racing. So I, I, it's always something cool to check out. You know, like you said, getting the trucks back on there, um, you know, how many years did people scream for trucks to come back to IRP? That's happening this year. They're coming back to IRP and I will be in attendance for sure. Cause I was one of those people that said, you know, you know, as far as like, the, I, don't, I don't even think it's on the same weekend as, um, the brickyard, but, uh, they're bringing the trucks back to IRP and, um, I think it's going to be a huge event. I, I was looking tickets up today earlier just to make sure they weren't getting, getting out of hand yet or nothing, but, uh, it looked like already, you know, it's even a couple months away. It looked like some people were already looking forward to it. A lot of, a lot of sections had, um, seats already taken out of them. Question. Yeah. <laughs> As I raise my hand in the silent space <laughs> that you can't see me in, um, when is that race? And is, does that make sense for me to, that might be something we have to work out. I'm um, let's see. Um, NASCAR trucks. Looks like Indianapolis Raceway Park. Friday, July 29th. That actually might be perfect. Fly yeah. out on a Thursday night. Come home on a Sunday or a Saturday. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about it. Okay. <laughs> I'm you know me. I'm always down for some racing. And I think trucks i have to look it up and it might be something we talk about obviously talk about later but i think there's other events on the oval there not just the trucks like i want to say they're pairing it with like some super late models and some um street stocks and stuff like that so it'll it'll be a really fun evening for sure sounds awesome so let's uh talk some truck racing at bristol ben Rhodes sweeps the stages pulls out the win Dude had a dominant truck at Bristol. Um, he even came from the back. Uh, I can't remember. He maybe pitted and 
everybody else didn't or whatever, but comes comes from the back and wins it. Dude just was on rails in that truck. I don't know uh, if he had any. I know he's not a dirt racer, had doesn't have that in his background, but the dude was racing the hell out of that truck. Yeah, sounded like he had a pretty fun race now that he's at home with the trophy. Uh, <laughs> that's kind of the race you like sort of dream about remembering. Oh, I had to come through the field twice and still managed to get it done. Yada, yada, yada. I mean, that's a great, that's a great little story race for him. Yeah. For sure. Um, and that hell of a place to get a win period. If you're a NASCAR person, that's, yeah. that's the end of the day at Bristol right there. <laughs> if you could win, uh, which races, uh, yeah, like Daytona 500 and then Bristol. And then, yeah, my career was over. I won the, the two times. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, we we, had, we were texting back and forth about it. Ben Rhodes just seems like he has been around like forever. And like, he's not even that old. I don't know exactly how old he is, but he's not that old. No, um, he's not. Uh, he's an interesting character. Uh, very, very interesting guy to say the least. I think we all got to see some more, you know, some of that, uh, as it play, as it played out on <laughs> national television, uh, you know, uh, good for him, by the way, that's the way it's supposed to be is however you want it to be. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, he's, uh, he's got that Kentucky background I don't know if it's horses or, or, or whiskey, but uh, his family's <laughs> in, uh, some kind of they have a business like asphalting, maybe they maybe. like pave roads for like a contractor, private contractor, paving roads, something like that. And he has a little business. So like if this whole racing thing doesn't, doesn't work out, uh, he already owns an asphalt, like repaving company and runs it. Like that's his day job. He, he flies back and forth between wherever and wherever, uh, to make to make it go for the race team. But, um, he's also prepared for the rest of life too, if the race thing doesn't work out, but you keep winning places like dirt on, you know, Bristol, you're going to, you're probably going to, going to have a little career here. Yeah. I mean, he won the, the championship last year. Do you think he gets, um, that next step? Do you think he ever goes Xfinity racing? I don't know. Uh, what would you expect that path to look like if he did? Would it be yeah. something opening up at junior motorsports? Maybe I don't, I'm not sure what, what they're doing over there. Really. I don't know. What's long-term. How long can Justin Algar just be a career Xfinity guy before that farmer's money runs out? Right. Maybe he just keeps it in the trucks. Maybe he's a, a, a truck, a, a truck lifer like, uh, you know, Matt Crafton. That's right. Crafton uh, was a lifer. Um, most of the guys dabbled, but that's because they came from a time when trucks didn't exist yet. You right. know, super trucks didn't come along until 95. So there really aren't, aren't good examples of that. Looking back, like I wonder how did somebody have this long career in one of these lesser series? Uh, and, you know, I think the way the B2B sponsorship stuff goes now it's probably not going to happen much, if at all, anymore. Uh, you know, it is, when, the, when the products being sold on the hood are not consumer-based first, then, um, then you start to lose that, that 
the way, the reason the connection between the driver and the company actually matters. There's all those little human things like the handshake before you sign the contract, like the handshake is the thing that actually mattered the contracts for HR. Right. Well, he's a, he's a Toyota driver, a TRD driver. Maybe somebody gets smart on the other side of that and says, Hey, let's throw him in one of these extra, uh, Joe Gibbs rides that we have all the time, you know, that they switch drivers all the time, you know, kind of the auxiliary ride, so to speak. Uh, maybe they throw him in one of those one day and just see how it works out for him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And we have no way of knowing whether something like that was in the works and somebody peed in somebody's Cheerios or, <laughs> right. you know, there's just, there's just so much goes on that you don't find out even when you're pretty well, got your fingers in it you you still don't hear some of the ins and outs and i i don't know i hope i hope he does get an opportunity i mean it the wins it's not like there's something very specific about what he does when he wins uh like in terms of a particular track and it's like oh it's only on the truck schedule so it's like Mm. well okay is he really that good going forward is he can you progress a guy that's only good at one track and only one series runs that track, yada, yada, yada. So I hope he gets a shot at it and I hope he gets a shot at it in a good car. Um, and a good spot would be, yeah, maybe that one of, one of the cars of JRM or one of the Joe Gibbs cars that's either unsponsored and looking for fill-ins or however, however it's going there. Yeah. Well, it, it, you know, we were talking about, uh, networking and viewership and all that. Um, Saturday night's truck race at Bristol is Bristol's all time viewership for a truck race. 1.16 million viewers for FS one. Well, I mean, that's really good and you can't blame it on that. It was the holiday. I mean, granted people celebrate it. However they do Friday is, is a part of that for a lot of people. But, um, you know, uh, lots of other sports were out of the picture. It seemed like a good time. And I think that's what NASCAR ultimately looked at and said, hey, nobody else is doing this. Maybe this is when we should do it. You know, Uh, this is a time to capture an audience that is just really just wants to watch something that's a sport. Yeah. And I think a lot of people... Uh, we're looking forward to watching those uh, qualifying heats for Cup, you know, and obviously the truck race was after that. So maybe some people were just excited about the dirt thing. You know, they watched the heat races. They got pumped up. It's Saturday night. You know, hey, let's watch a truck race. It's on next. Let's watch this. So maybe I think that transition probably helped them. But uh, either way, when you get 1.16 million people watching your sport, that can only be a good thing. Yeah, well, and that is exactly the reason why the overnight number is the number that people work off of when they start to value commercial packages um, is about the overnight. And that is exactly why strategic marketing for a television audience, you would put your name brand on in front, hoping you'll drag, you know, you'll drag people to it exactly like that. They go, well. This was interesting. Maybe I'll stick around for this. Ah, it's only like 120 laps. So yeah, well, let's watch this too. What the hell? We're not doing anything else. Yeah. And then when they 
obviously turn it into a, a, a truck race like me and you and others watch on a regular basis and they're like oh wow this was really good you know and what's funny is I, you've probably heard this already but every truck finished that race first time in the history of the series (laughs) that's crazy because you would think at a track like bristol dirt they're beating and banging they're wanting to win the trophy you know there's cup regulars in there they want to beat the cup guys and everybody finishes the race including the two trucks that got stuck together in between (laughs) three and four which was i still don't know how that happened i so I did watch that yesterday, uh, I, that specific moment. I wasn't able to catch the whole race, but uh, I looked and it looked like they just managed to pile into each other just right. So one bumper bar bent up and around kind of another, almost like you'd try to like, you know, work, a, you know, some fencing fastenings. Right. And there was just nothing that could be done there because they had the frame tied to it at that point. That's crazy. Uh, you know, Austin Wayne self had been actually running fairly well for, for what he normally does. And then I think, uh, Matty D kind of just slipped up a little bit was had to come off the gas a little bit. And then he smacked him right in the ass and got stuck. I thought it was pretty funny. Yeah. Um, Cup racing. Uh, I feel like we have a lot to talk about in this race, but uh, we'll start off with the obvious. Uh, Kyle Busch wins the race. If you want to use the term backing into a, into the race, makes it even funnier in my book. Uh, you know, he, he pulls it off. I wouldn't say, obviously, he, he didn't have to race for it. He kind of just fell into the win a little bit. Uh, but Kyle Busch, really, he kind of needed this. Yeah, and if I was him and his foundation or however he does his t-shirt business, I'd be all over it the same way Alex Bowman would be or anybody <laughs> else anymore. Right. And, I'd, and I'd come up with something funny that went with, uh, you know, I backdoored my way into 60 cup wins or something <laughs> like that and uh, and put that on a shirt because I guarantee you'll sell it, especially if it's a really soft kind you know those oh, are yeah nice those are <laughs> I need to give me a few more race shirts um the battle at the end with reddick and briscoe you know the last i don't know 10 15 laps or whatever it was reddick got out there briscoe finally got around bush briscoe finds his way to to reddick's bumper on the last couple laps and then straight throws a dive bomb on the last corner um I don't think he had a chance in hell winning it. I mean, he was spinning out before he even hit Tyler Reddick. And uh, I don't know, it kind of sucked for Reddick. Uh, you know, that was going to be his first first win. And you know he's got to be on pins and needles in that car. He's in the last corner getting ready to pick up his first win. And then he just gets run over. It's just railroaded. <laughs> like, And we just talked about this last week about the difference between – veterans harvesting a position and rookies or young guys or this new era of racing where it's, I mean, like they don't, it's like they never learned the technique that doesn't piss anybody off. It's like, well, I'll just go down here until I run into something. And (laughs) if I'm on the inside, I'm going to hit another car. And so I'm going to be fine. And then, nope, it's just slick enough on that mud that he, you know, they both lost it. Yeah. 
and I, I thought Reddick was actually going to damn near still win it after being uh, being wiped out. He almost still somehow managed to win the race, but I don't know if 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 I'm you know obviously I'm I've said this a million times probably on the show I'm not in the car I can only be a couch racer I can only tell you what I would have done had I been in that situation but you're in second place you've already won a race um you respect the guy in first um maybe if you're a little closer you do something different but just to throw it down in there uh completely sideways I feel like you probably should have settled for for a p2 in that situation points wise anyways yeah yeah if this was a traveling circus and you never knew who you were racing every weekend yeah you're there for trophies and check and that's it um you already have your win um there's no need to ruffle any feathers especially not somebody who doesn't have a win yet who (laughs) maybe at daytona decides this is the time i'm going to take that position back and, and, and that's coming from me. I, I, I mean, I'm a Briscoe fan. That's my, that's my guy. I was wearing a Briscoe hat on the couch when he did it, and I was just like, what the hell is going on here? Why did you do that, man? Come on, get the points, get the points, because you end up finishing like 17th or something. Like, I don't know. Get you a top five out of a buddy and don't – I mean, think about it. If it had he done that to a, a Kevin Harvick or a Kyle Busch or – uh, I don't know, maybe somebody with a, a little bit of, of a different attitude. He probably gets his ass whipped on pit road at the end of that race. There isn't no smiling and handshaking going on. Somebody's probably going to get punched. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Because, you know, even a guy, yeah, you mentioned some of the right names is like those guys of all, they're all big time winners. They know what it, what it means to give respect. They know what it means to take it when you have good enough car to take it. Um, and so, yeah, if you don't have like basically not rookies, that's unfair to call them rookies, but they're close enough. You know, if it's, if it's veterans, it's a, even if it's veterans, if somebody goes in there and wipes them both out, there's probably going to be some pretty heated words and maybe beyond because it's just dumb. That's what the conversation will be. be like, are you stupid? <laughs> right. Like why you just cost us both the race. You dummy. <laughs> Do you think the, um, with the cameras in their face, um, you know, Reddick standing there doing his interview when, when Briscoe walked up and then, you know, the spotlights on him. Do you think that conversation goes different? Had the cameras not been right up in their face when they're trying to figure this out? I think that is very much a function of experience. There is no, you cannot, there's no coaching that can substitute a camera and a hot mic and flashing red lights and a really bright, like extra bright light in your face. (laughs) And now you're supposed to also share exactly what you just talked about in your head while you were walking over there. Right. I, I, you know, some of the guys can do it. Some of them are born that way. They, you know, you know, I didn't come here to make friends crowd. They probably are, are a little bit better, more adept at it uh, than the, uh, hey, it's all a big party, guys. They probably don't like that very much at all. All right. Um, but, yeah, I don't – I think you just – you get older, you get more grisly. Uh, 
you get used to whatever's ha whatever's happening around and you just don't you, you stop it's not you don't care it's just like oh yeah this is always the way it is it's just <laughs> whenever i talk and i'm near my car there's a camera so i'm just always on you know you just have to kind of play it that way and um yeah they'll get better at it <laughs> I would probably be more like the Kevin Harvick. I just want to rip somebody's freaking head off, you know, throwing my helmet and shit. I tell you what, we can't have it every weekend because then it makes it mundane. It's That's the true. thing that um it's the thing that I always worried about in this space because I've turned them off before. There's nothing wrong with it, some expressive language. It just can't be the spinal cord of what you do in your show and whether that's broadcasting TV uh, racing on television or this simple little thing that we do. If you distract your audience with off topic or, or reasons even worse than that was just like saying the F word too many times, right. it can be a distraction to the point where people are like, nah, I got, yeah, there's plenty to listen to. I'll move on. But in those moments, NBC kind of looks around and the producer's like, let it go, baby. Boom. <laughs> yeah. And, and we'll just see what happens. That's and awesome. they're like, you all the shows that are on TV now. Every time there was an NBC, uh, you know, sports broadcast, I'm like, fired up, boys, because if it goes down, it's going to go down on TV too. <laughs> whatever's said, whatever's done, they're going to show it. Yeah. Uh, did you happen to catch the Chase Elliott versus Cody Ware situation? I, I did. Yesterday I watched a highlight and today I saw it like as I was trying to fast forward through, uh, I was like, ah, oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> you know, Cody Ware is an interesting character in and of himself. Um, there's a whole lot of unknown, at least from my perspective, but we know what Rick Ware racing is. Rick Ware is a hell of a guy to talk to. He's an interesting fellow. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and they do love racing. They go about it a little different. Um, I'm not really sure I would be pumping that driver up saying that he's keeping X, Y, Z driver behind him. And that's why that driver's mad. Cause Chase doesn't even know who's driving that car. <laughs> right. That, and uh, as far as, you know, like a fan base and just a NASCAR as a whole, probably somebody I'm not going to mess with. Because, you know, Rick Ware Racing and what they got going on, they're kind of under the radar sometimes. They usually make some kind of boneheaded move in there that puts them on the radar, this being one of them. But I, I, I got to feel like he's probably got one of those Ty Gibbs fines coming his way. He tried to wreck him four different times under caution. Yeah, that that's a little bit in encroaching upon the losing your mind territory of what's acceptable and what is not acceptable during a, a sanctioned event like NASCAR probably probably should have parked him not. And it's not because I'm a chase fan, but it wouldn't matter if chase was doing, I'd be like, Oh, you dumbass! You, you under right. no, you know, you're fixing to get in trouble. This is stupid. Like, Stop. but the thing is it, it's that car. It's, you know, that, I'll, I don't want to repeat what they said already this week, but I'm very much aligned with the concept of have a good understanding of where it is your car runs and where it is and where you're not supposed to be. Because if you are a perennial 28th to 32nd place car almost every week, 
you better not be trying to run in the top 10. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. And, and Chase was kind of quiet throughout the day. You know, he, he didn't have the, 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 the best uh, qualifying heat and all that stuff. So he started a little bit of further back, nothing crazy. But, you know, by the end of the race, he's running third or fourth or whatever he finished. Uh, I think that's great for him. You know, he's obviously not a huge dirt racer, but he did run the truck race as well. And I think he handled himself pretty well in the situation. I probably would have lost my mind. You know, you hear him on the radio like, who is this? I don't even know who's tr- who's trying to wreck me right now. You know, <laughs> who is this like, guy? it's like, oh, I guess that's a horse fly because it's biting. I, <laughs> right. what, what is that? I can't see it. And that could have been really bad had he actually been able to spin him out and maybe cause damage to the car. You never know what could happen in that situation. Um, I don't know. Bad situation all around for sure. Yeah, well, yes, it is. I, and that's, um, you don't want to be a bully because you're a celebrity or you have celebrity status within your sport, but Rick Hendrick certainly has that. And if there's any kind of business relationship with Rick Ware for engines, um, I doubt Rick Ware would be very interested in his son jeopardizing whatever that relationship is. Maybe there's none at all and it's just F bomb everybody. Woo, cowboy. <laughs> but I don't know. They, it's it, that's a little ridiculous from a back marker car to go up and run into a champion. Yes, you know Thanks. it's like okay. I mean, I I don't feel like I'm in the pillows and hugs chase mafia or whatever that is. Like <laughs> I can tell it pretty honest. Like let's go. Come on now. Like, yeah. you know, this is one of the big boys. You, you, you're talking to a champion at the highest level of the sport, and you just try to wreck him four times at Bristol, and you were probably going to run 29th. <laughs> right. um, we've seen a lot of engine failure. Um, you know, Denny, Austin Dillon, um, trying to think some other names in there, Ross Chastain. Uh, is this a product of them just getting uh, mud in that grill where it doesn't need to be? Or what do you think the problem was? Yeah, it's it's a learning process. This is the first year they haven't had uh, an opening that the, the teams can manage during the race. Um, and I'm sure they rearranged all kinds of things under that hood uh, in order to better suit their needs for cooling that were just mud wetting on their radar in terms of that until it, until it absolutely had to be. Right. What about like you saw some teams run like almost like a diaper looking thing on there. And then some teams didn't. I noticed some were plated up. I noticed some guys were angle grinding and welding on what looked like a extended metal framework that was going to go on somebody's car. Like, I, I don't know. It was like a fab shop down there. Right. Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, it wasn't uh, like the regular pit crews either. Those were all like in team engineers and stuff working on those cars, which I thought made, made that part of it pretty unique. Yeah. Well, for sure. Uh, so I, I think it's just there. Look, the bottom line with Bristol is they actually got lucky last year that this thing rained out. And then they got lucky this year that it rained a little bit. What if it doesn't rain at all? What if it rains so much that it's just a muddy mess the entire time? I mean, 
are we really going to hang our hat on what we did this weekend as, yep, let's lock this in because everything that we liked about this came true? Or do you take a step back and go, how many things did we get lucky on this weekend? Uh, I think they got quite a bit lucky with a lot of things. You know, we, me and you kind of talked goofy race equals goofy race management. You know, we talked just a second ago about like the mud and stuff. Uh, how goofy is it to, that, that they know, knew that the mud part was coming in there and then they had to throw a competition caution and kind of screw some guys getting laps back and all that sort of thing uh, because everybody was going to overheat. Everybody was going to blow an engine had they continued to run the race. There's that. There's what in the world happened during the stage break where it was red flagged because of rain and the running order was not the order on the track. So, like it was just, it's, it's another one of those scenarios where NASCAR says, look, see, we gave you something outside the box, but then they're like, it's like they don't realize they put a cactus in the box. <laughs> you know, like the box sure looks pretty, but inside there is a damn cactus, <laughs> you know, and, and they don't open it up and go, Hmm, what can go wrong here? Well, uh, I can see a couple of things. Um, yeah, it's like they don't have a, a risk management team or something and they probably do. And that's the scary part is <laughs> how often do they rotate in people who have no knowledge of racing under uh, at all NASCAR, nothing, just bring them in and go, this is the problem we're trying to solve today. Just a mediator. Like this is the step. Have you identified the problem? Yada, yada, yada. You go from there. Like, how often is somebody in the room that would ask the question, Hey, rain and mud doesn't seem to work good. Last year we rained out a race. Uh, there was a truck race that got weird and the cup racing that was weird and uh, yeah, whatever. It was all weird. And these are the things, this is how that could have gone better. But what if this happens? What if you have to red flag the race during an un counted caution lap now what happens yeah i think everybody was confused on the scoring of that you know and then they <laughs> they explain it on on tv and then you know obviously the red flag guys are out of the cars that sort of thing denny hamlin gets on there and tweets he's like yeah nobody told us what's going on <laughs> 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 which is i don't know i, I think if you you run this race um, obviously, you're not even at a, a, a track where the the people working on the track are used to the surface. I don't know if they brought people in to work on that or ho how that whole deal worked out. Obviously, if you take this to a dirt track and that team is used to having that, tra that track prepped a certain way, they're used to maybe certain elements, rain, whatever, you know, or the progression that they know the track's going to take because they do it a lot or whatever, but I don't know. Uh, I'm kind of turned off by the whole, uh, the dirt track. Give me Bristol spring concrete, please, 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 please. I, I don't want to see this dirt shit no more. I'm ready for it to move on. If you want dirt racing in NASCAR, start a different series or something, figure something out. But this is NASCAR. You know, I know they did it back in the day or whatever. Um, I think they need to bring our, our concrete race back. If you want to take this to a, a dirt track and maybe make it an all-star race or something like that, but 
you need to figure something else out in my opinion. Yeah, I, I think so too. I, I really do. Um, <clears throat> you've kind of robbed the sport in trying to inject some life in the veins of Bristol spring because of its weather issues uh, being right there in the Appalachian area there. Um, it just mud, mud was not the answer uh, or dust. And that that's basically the only two things that are going to happen. And, you know, if we're going to have to do dirt, let's do it somewhere else. And if Bristol needs to be one race in order to sell out, you still got the drags. You still got all the other stuff they do there. Uh, I'm not telling people how they should spend their money because it's not that simple. Uh, I know it's way more complicated than that, but not at Bristol, damn it. Yeah. Have you seen like the, I know you probably haven't been there in a couple of years, probably the last time you were there, we were both there. Um, the seating is a lot different. They, they took sections and it's like, we're, we're in the corners and all that. I'm not even sure where all it's at, but you sit there and you have like a, a thing in front of you, like where you can put your bags and your drinks and all that sort of thing. It's like a little countertop. It's like a bar of. top. Yeah. yeah. It's more, it, more like a, outfield banister at a at a baseball game now where like the entire length of the banister is like a cup holder for bar it's like a it's like an outdoor bar area and i think that's pretty genius at bristol really because i've sat in seats there before where i was crammed into the person next to me you know you can't hardly even move you know not that i'm gonna stretch out over two seats the stadium seats while i'm there but you don't want to feel crammed in when you're sitting there for three and a half hours Right. It's long. Yeah. It's they're long. They're long events. Yeah. Well, uh, let's, let's move on to, uh, to Talladega, the, the, the church of Earnhardt. <laughs> How do, it's, it's hard for people that maybe have never been there or even really maybe even paid attention to it, uh, on the TV thing, but that place is Earnhardt country to the bone. Everybody there is a Earnhardt fan. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, Dale senior won there 10 times junior won there six times could have easily been seven or eight. I mean, that is the Earnhardt show. Uh, if you look at Earnhardt versus everybody else in terms of winning at Talladega. Remember when Jeff Gordon won the race and everybody was throwing beer cans at him on the track? I do. do remember I, I, yes, very well. Uh, I, he had a really interestingly colored car. That, that Was that the those Pepsi colors? I, I believe so, actually. Yeah, I think, yeah, because Talladega is a, is a Coca-Cola racetrack, so always taking shots at each other, you know, <laughs> always, always. Um, yes, I remember that. Um yeah, that was during that stretch when Junior was winning everything, it seemed like, at Talladega. And uh, I can't remember what – was it just the fact that he won? Was it – oh, was, was that the first time we did overtime and it was weird? There was no, some other reason they were – For that, I think it was a caution, like an end of the race. They threw the caution before they had come all the way back around or whatever the case may be. I don't think we had overtime then. So he automatically was the winner because he was scored in first place in the whole right. pack or whatever. That's that's what it was. So it was, they were already pissed 
because the race didn't end under green. And that meant that Dale Jr. was probably still alive, still had a chance to win because he probably did. I'm not, I don't say that facetiously. Uh, and then couple that with Gordon winning because of it, because <laughs> the, the race finished under caution. They were pissed. That was the first <laughs> time I'd ever really seen anything like that outside of the NBA. Yeah. Where it was just like, I mean, the only other place you, you see anything like that is uh, in soccer, like a soccer bar. Or like at the 16th hole at uh, in Scottsdale uh, at the Waste Management Open, uh, which, by the way, they're like building a casino there to open like next year. It's crazy. But so crazy. Scottsdale, uh, golf and racing, <laughs> uh, by the way. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've only got to experience uh, Talladega one time. It was a fall race. Um uh, let's see. If it's 2021, I'm going to say it was 2017, 18, somewhere around there, playoff race. Uh, Keselowski won. I had a great time. I had a great time at the track. Uh, definitely didn't get to check the whole deal out. I'd love to go for a whole weekend and go to the dirt race across the street and maybe camp and see, the, you know, Talladega Boulevard and the whole, the whole shebang-a-bang. But uh, one of these days I'll get to that for sure. Yeah, so I I put out a picture there on the old tweeter. Yeah. My first trip there was fall of 2008. And then I went back in, I want to say 2013, maybe 2013. That was when all that rain happened and all the races finished like under dark, <laughs> basically. Yeah. They dragged out a, it was cold. A dude died in the campground we were at. He drowned like that's how much water. What? It was bananas. And, and then we went back and we started staying on the infield for a couple races, uh, at, on the very hmm, one end of the boulevard, the turn three and four end of the boulevard, basically. Um, and, you know, these guys are from Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, you know, the, the crawfish all day long, every day. I mean, oh like 80, God, 80 so pounds weird. of live crawfish. Like they were amazing. nuts. It was so, oh, it was so much fun. Oh my God. Did we have fun? That's awesome. I just finally got to try crawfish for the first time, probably six months ago or so, but it's definitely delicious. Oh yeah, it's a, it's a game like it's kind of one of those foods that's like an activity. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> um if you had to pick, I know I've already told you the answer to this. If you had to pick a favorite for for the race this weekend, who would you go with? Based on Daytona, I would say one of the Penske cars. And you would be correct. That would be Ryan Blaney at plus a thousand Vegas odds. I, I my answer to that would probably be Logano. Logano's a good plate racer and all that. You know, he's won there several times. Um I don't know. It's it's gonna be good. I think, you know, NASCAR started the year off so well. Hype was up. You had the Coliseum running into Daytona. You had several really, really good races to follow Daytona. I feel like we're on a skid here. I feel like from Martinsville to the Bristol deal, 
I feel like we really need a good race this weekend. Uh, yes. Yeah, we do, because exactly your point, we need to capitalize on the wave that struck between the Clash and, and Daytona 500 that we're still riding. We've got to catch another wave because, uh, as I think Jeff said on his podcast, Jeff Gluck um, at The Athletic said that um, we've got like four straight weeks on cable after Talladega. Uh, Talladega is the last broadcast for Fox, uh, or, or at least the last one for four or five races. So if you think about dropping off, like, okay, what's, you know, you're looking at the ratings for cable are about half, maybe 40% of what they are for broadcast TV. Mm-hmm. So, you know, how do you continue to ride this wave? Well, you got to have a good race. Well, how do you do that at Talladega? I don't know. You shake up, uh, how many cars are in there? <laughs> 40, <laughs> 40 tiddly winks in the jar and, uh, you just throw them in the air and, uh, then you just declare a winner and, <laughs> <laughs> or you can let like the six guys that are any good at this, act, you know, race it out till the end, which is sometimes is what happens. Yeah, definitely. Do you think we see a first time winner this weekend? Only, only if it's due to inclement weather or light conditions. I can see that. If the race starts and goes green, no, no surprise winner. No surprise winner. Well, uh, I, I stole one, stole one again last week on our head to head. So we are tied up four to four for the year. Um, who's your pick for Talladega Geico 500? Well, you kind of already hinted around it and uh, yes, certainly sir. I did. You baited me into <laughs> it because you knew that I was picking Ryan Blaney. I'm kind of kicking myself. There's another one back there. I want to, you want to, I was thinking, no, no, I don't. <laughs> no, I mean, I do, but I don't, I'm going to stay where I'm at. That That's only fair. Well, um, I'm going to go a little bit, um, a little off compared. Well, I wouldn't say it's super off, but I'm going Michael McDowell this weekend. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to yeah. take a chance on Michael. Uh, obviously we both picked Ford. The Fords seem like they had it together at Daytona as far as, uh, being fast. So we'll see how that pans out for us for sure. Yes, sir. So, you, you know, we skipped the, the, the redneck and deal last week. How many chickens you got left over? <laughs> What a sore subject around the house that is. <laughs> oh man, we've got three hens and one rooster. Uh, I think we started with four roosters and eleven hens. That burglar in the and night, he's striking be, hard. Yeah, and I mean it's not funny. You could only, I mean, you can only laugh because it's not funny. But right. like, I'm going out there to let the chickens out of the coop for the day and there's four eggs and I'm like, I can do all this. Nope. I smashed two of them trying to shut the gates. <laughs> so after all that, there was four eggs and I got two. <laughs> I was like, ah, damn. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, my, my redneck and for the week I'm heading North. I'm going to uh great state of Michigan going uh, turkey hunting up there with some guys and ready to kind of uh, relax. I'm going up there 
hunting for the weekend, coming home, actually have the whole next week off um, for turkey hunting here in Indiana. I always take a week off turkey hunt. It's kind of my vacation. I know that sounds super redneck, but uh, that's something that I do even in the fall to deer hunt. So I'm definitely ready for my little vacay and getting some time off and get a little uh, rest and relaxation in there, even though I'm going to be super busy while I'm off between turkey hunting and uh, baseball. It's a whirlwind around here with stuff. Church, yeah. <laughs> we're the wild cats. <laughs> wild cats. We, uh, we're we'll the limit. boomers. Yeah. He, uh, you should see him, dude. You, I, I wish I had it on video. Somebody's probably got it on video from last weekend, but it's coach's pitch now. Um, I catch for the, the coach, normally me and Jocelyn coach. Um, but this, uh, this year I let another dad take over. He's much more baseball knowledge than I am. Not that I don't have any cause I played for a long time, but he's definitely more in, in that role than I am. So I, I, I'm catching for him and all these kids are coming up to bat. And of course, <laughs> Of course, my kid is the one kid. You know, he comes walking. He ain't, he ain't jogging up to the play. He's walking, and he is <laughs> waving to every single body that's in that crowd. Hey, how's it going? You know, he's waving as he comes up to bat. He swings and misses <laughs> on his first pitch and turns and tells everybody, yeah, I missed that one. I'll get the next one. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's my kid, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> that, was funny, uh, that was one of the things that has started to hit me and I laugh about, uh, and I know we're still recording and we're still hot. So sorry, all that aren't parents, but, uh, <laughs> is, um, was, was something like that, but it's word association versus like what it actually means. So I just remember, um, Emmett would would throw the ball at his basketball hoop, oh, yeah. and he'd make it like every time, which was absurd. <laughs> but he would say, "I missed it." <laughs> I'm like, "What? I'm like, what? what do you mean, missed it? No." But like, he was they young then. He was like, probably only like two years old, right? And like, you don't like. That's the realization that I like. Something will happen around the house, and I'll go, "Ha! Huh, that reminds me of this other time." Okay. All right. Now I understand. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, that pretty much does it for episode 12 uh, for us. Tell everybody where we, uh, they can find us on the old social media. Yep. On Twitter, it's at BTDO podcast on Instagram. It's blowing the doors off. I, you can find me at pregame engineer on Twitter and Andrew L Sherwin on Instagram. And you can find me at, on Twitter at bwayne8589. And another reminder, uh, we still got that Ross Chastain hat, so follow us and interact with us on social media. I'm sure here soon we'll be giving that away. Uh, we're trying to get our, our followers and all that kind of stuff up, so check us out on all that, and uh, we'll be uh, back next week to recap Daga and talk a little Dover. Or Yeah, I think it's Dover. Yeah, yeah, it's Dover. Yep, Dover. Yee. Drink a little drink, smoke a little smoke. Woo! <laughs> Tau day good.